Today we have with us Ryan Francesco Mascarenes, a speaker, a healer, a yogi from United States. He is actively training in a, in his own discipline, that is Santosh Yoga from Milwaukee. Today we will be asking him a very intriguing questions. These questions basically yield to every day's life, everyone's life. Every every moment of the life we are still searching for the answers for these questions. And I hope our friend Yogi can help us to fight these questions and give an answer for the same. So, Mr. Brian, how to manifest anger and use it to succeed rather than get stressed about a situation or a person in life? See, the, the question really is, uh, the in today's time, we are looking for success. We are looking for success uh, in our relationships. Sometimes we are looking for success in the financial world. Sometimes we are looking for a personal success. Uh, you know, success always comes at the cost of, I have to do better than what I did yesterday. Uh, I'm reminded about this years ago. Mother Teresa had come to the Archbishop of Chicago. And he had asked her mother, he said, how do you rank your work? last year compared to this year uh, in performance success metrics and she said you know I don't operate like that if I fail God has failed if I succeed God has succeeded I'm only concerned with the fidelity to my calling Uh, I think uh, the pursuit for success the pursuit for happiness all this has come from the western world And uh, I train some very wealthy people in in America. Some of them have their own private jets and happiness is definitely still elusive. So I'm cautioning uh, our following and our brother in here to focus on working with entire zeal, working with a sense that they are walking confidently in the direction of their dreams, putting maximum effort for what they want. And what comes out of that what comes out of that is what they get. If you focus on success, there will also be failure. You know, the victor of tomorrow today is the vanquisher of tomorrow. Uh, uh, so from a yogic doctrine, we have to focus on basically being fully present to whatever we are doing. And uh, that will automatically start to neutralize not only uh, situations, but also help to work with uh, people who are being difficult. That's a very, very intriguing answer. So our second question would be, what practically is meditation? Just dhyana or pranayam help me achieve the benefits? Or what what is the basic thumb rule for meditation? Is there any thumb rule? So you're asking a question that's actually the core of yoga practice. Uh, unfortunately, yoga has been exported from America. Uh, but America is built on the culture of Jane Fonda. And there are right now more Americans practicing yoga according to Yoga Journal than Indians. So yoga has come back to Indians and now everybody's thinking of doing yoga. But what most people have gravitated towards is doing yoga of the body work. So there are eight limbs of yoga. The first three limbs focus on what is called the Bahiranga Sadhana, the quest for control over the gross body. Gross body primarily uh, in reference to yoga, we're talking about asana, various postures. But these postures were designed for a deeper purpose. Currently, most of the planet is practicing postures for body beautification. 
and sculpting the body and wearing leotards and looking beautiful walking down the street. Uh, unfortunately, sorry to say, but this has really uh, killed the essence of the great gurus and the seers of my native country, which I grew up in India. The second deeper part of yoga practice is called the Antaranga Sadhana. Antaranga is the quest for control over the inner limb. That inner limb of Ashtanga, which means eight limbs, inner limb is called Pranayama and Pratyahara. This is the withdrawal of the senses that comes from breathing practices. The question is, why learn to breathe in particular ways? Because the only way to regulate control of the mind, just like the opening chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, you see the horses were running wild. Arjun was holding horses. He was confused what to do. The head said one thing, the heart said something else. Krishna comes down and guides him. So the pancha indriyas need to be reined under control. That's why we do pranayam techniques. But what happens with pranayam? The nadis get cleansed. As the nadis get cleansed, this is called bhutta shuti, the cleansing of the uh, pancha mahabhutas, of which the microcosm is the uh, smaller version of the macrocosm in the cosmos. So eventually when we get to the core, like a matrix within a matrix, we realize that the causal body is the root of the mind, is the root of the gross body. And so your question is really meditation. Really in yoga, there's no word for meditation. The closest word is called dhyan, which means to concentrate your attention. So this practice was actually designed for us to get into the original blessing, which is what all religions have in some way misled people. The, the search for God is the quest of yoga. But yoga practice is the divine lies within you. Did not the Christ walk the earth and say in the Bible, look within. The kingdom of heaven is a hand. He never said, look to heaven. What did Gautama Buddha did? He sat still and didn't move with the people train sadhana. So the, the practice of yoga is in stages, but asana affects the mind. Mind affects the soul. It's interconnected. We have their separate practices. Best times for meditation, uh, what is called dhyana actually, is early morning or late night. If you've got time in the afternoon, it's great. Ideally, never wear black because the whole practice is coming to the light. The symbolism of the light, triumph of light over darkness. So coming into the light and really five minutes is a good start. Uh, a seasoned yoga practitioner will probably practice twice a day for 20 minutes. Anything more than that, you're quite advanced. Wow, that's new. That's new information. What is the emotional disorder to counter the same, to avoid stress in relationship today? Every day's life, we are facing these emotional disorders. Can yoga help me? See, the challenge we're having with emotions is we are trying to solve problems on the outside when 99% of life is lived on the inside. For example, where do you see me? Where am I sitting? You might say I'm sitting in front of you. Well, physics has proven that I have light bouncing off my body's inside your eyes. And I'm inverted 180 degrees in your eye. Now, where do you see me? You're seeing me inside of your eyes, inside your mind. Where do you hear me? In my ears. Yeah. Most of life, actually, our emotions and our psyche is being processed on the inside. So when we say emotional disorder, we are trying to solve a problem on the outside, like a difficult wife or a husband is difficult. Or we say the kids are not cooperating. Life becomes challenging. So really, the problem is this. If everybody is going to be exactly like you, then what's the point of them? If your wife is going to do everything you have to do, then what's the point of her in, the, in your life? Or if your kids are going to do everything they want to do, then what's the point of you being the dad or the mother? There has to be a sense of give and take. So in the yogic approach, it is called stiram shukam asanam. There's a right balance between when to be soft and when to say, honey, let me do the dishes today. And when to be firm and say, hey, honey, you don't do the dishes today. 
knowing what to say at the right time is more critical than what you're saying. This is what's causing emotional imbalances, and people are trying to solve it on the outside, which will never get solved. That's so true. Yeah. So, how do you think we should tackle negative people? Around us, there's a lot of negative people. <laughs> See, the only reason there is the devil is because there is God. Okay, this is what is called Advaita, uh, the dualistic nature of life. In a yogic practice, all of life is duality. Because there is sunrise, there is a sunset. Because there is lights, there is darkness. Not like say, hey, I don't want to have darkness. This is not possible. It's like yin and yang. Exactly. Listen, if, if it's, it's the nature of life. He said, she said, right, wrong, left, right. To, to say how to battle negative people, we don't need to battle any negative people. I'll give you an example. If someone is being negative at work, you meet them all the time. The rickshaw driver is honking at you. He's being an ass. Here's what you do. You just bless them. You say, I bless you to be a blessing to me. I bless you to be a blessing to all my generations and going forward. You cannot open the doors to the divine if you have negative feelings for someone else. God does not work for people, however much you pray. The other thing is, just if someone disagrees with you, doesn't mean you have to be right. Maybe from their perspective, they are right. Your perspective, you are right. To be an authentic leader, a CEO, or to be a great father or mother at home, you have to put yourself in the other person's position and empathize with the situation. We don't seeking sympathy. Try to debate your viewpoint from that angle and see if you like yourself. If you can live yourself from the other angle, then you're right. So, being right is not important. The thing is, if you really have a beautiful saying for this. If, if you really know what you're doing is right, you have no reason to 